I hope you'll forgive me uh, drinking coffee while I preach this morning. I ended up with bronchitis this week, and coffee seems to be all that's getting my voice running. We've heard this story of Jesus walking on water a million times. It might seem hard to relate to our lives, walking on water, but I believe there's an underlying message that hits really close to home. The storms of life are never too far away. We also find ourselves in deep water often, probably closer to being over our heads than we would care to admit. Both the storms of life and the deep waters of life are among the most vulnerable places that we interact with God. During moments when life feels more than we can handle and when we're not sure how circumstances will play out, who among us has not prayed, please God, help me? I'm willing to bet that even those of us who do not consider ourselves regular prayers have reached for these words when it's felt like there was nowhere else to turn. Because our scripture is full of stories about the human experience, and because there's nothing new about life being stormy, both the Old Testament and the New Testament include stories about God showing up in the midst of turbulent weather. In fact, there's an entire brand of Christianity that says that if you have the right type of faith, then God will calm your storms. For me, however, there's never been a solid line between our faith and how God's willing to show up for us. My experience of God is that God does not wave a magic wand and make it all better just because I've expressed my faith in the right way. And yet, when the storms of life get rough, God is right there with us. Scholars tell us that the gospel we read this morning is a really early story about Jesus. The Sea of Galilee is the setting, which is kind of a misnomer because the Sea of Galilee is a freshwater lake and not only the lowest lake in the world, but a really large lake covering more than 64 square miles. 2,000 years ago, fishermen relied on small boats that were propelled by the strength of the wind and their ability to paddle. The Sea of Galilee would have seemed colossal to them. Let's also remember that they didn't have access to a weather app on their phone or the weather channel they relied on the clouds and on their senses, neither of which were foolproof. Just this last week, I left for a walk in the afternoon when there was not a cloud in sight, only to have the sky open up on me 10 minutes later. Hoke and I huddled together under the awning of the Folger Shakespeare Library until it passed. Then, just as now, storms can swirl from out of nowhere in a small boat 
in the wrong conditions, being out on the water could be dangerous and potentially mean risking your life. All of this is to say, I don't envy the disciples out in their boat, being battered by the waves and this wind far away from land. But this turns into an unforgettable moment for them as they look out and see Jesus walking across the water. Peter, in a burst of faithfulness, hops overboard and begins to walk on the water himself, though he quickly loses his nerve, wavers, and starts to sink. Jesus scolds Peter for not having more faith, but he saves him anyway which suggests to me that there's not a direct correlation between the amount of faith we have and how God is willing to intervene in our lives. In fact, if there's an argument to be made, I think it's that God's mercy has very little to do with our worthiness. Here's the takeaway for me. And it's neither Jesus' ability to suspend the laws of physics, nor is it Peter's lack of faith. Earlier in this passage, just after the disciples conclude that what they see is a ghost, Jesus identifies himself and says, Take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. In my life, These are the life-saving words. I wish the storms I've experienced would have ended just as quickly as the one in our gospel by Jesus appearing and making it so. That's not been the case. What I have learned is that the thunder and lightning do eventually stop. Sometimes the storm causes damage. Sometimes it's just scary Most often, I simply move through it. Although I've prayed for God to step in at just the right moment and deliver me from the circumstances in which I found myself, I'm sure I'll do that again sometime, I know somewhere deep within that if the only time I talk with God is when I'm in trouble, that I'm not building a healthy spiritual core for the good times and the bad, nor am I nurturing a mutual relationship with God. And I'm also setting myself up for disappointment. What does sustain me, though, is a trust in God that's built upon some version of the words Jesus uses this morning. Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Remembering these words doesn't necessarily take away my fear but it does help me to take a breath. And it helps me bear in mind that I'm not the only person who has ever been afraid and lived to tell the tale. Beyond anything else, these words remind me that I'm not alone. There is so much uncertainty that we navigate in our daily life our work, our health, how to care for those we love, 
whether or not we have enough in our bank account. We wrestle with big questions about what it means to live a quality life and find significance in our career and figure out how to love and care for our families. We worry about the state of the world and what might happen tomorrow and what the consequences of all of this are doing to the next generation. Amidst all of the turbulence in life, we encounter this morning a really simple story which we've heard so many times that we can easily miss it or dismiss it, but it reminds us of an essential truth that when life is stormy and when it's not, when we are faithful and when we can only hope to have faith, God is always moving towards us and reminding us, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. In the name of God.